Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Michelle and Randy with you on 101 ESPN. Joe Vitale is back to calling Blues Hockey. Had one on Wednesday night against the Blackhawks. We'll have another one on Sunday against Colorado as the Blues get into the qualifier, actually the uh, round-robin portion of their tournament. The qualifiers are trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, Joey, we want to start with this, though. Reports out of Maine that a shark attacked a woman and killed her. It's a great white shark. And the question for us today is, uh, do you have the guts to go into an ocean with the knowledge that a shark may or may not be there? Do I have the guts? Is that a question as if I know it's out there somewhere yes. or is it speculation? Um, no, yeah, I, Randy, no. No, Randy, you are absolutely going not. Randy, I, I am terrified of the ocean. It's, there is something about not knowing what is below me. There, there was a great conversation, you know, so I, in Pittsburgh especially, so I was the debater. They had this board they called the Joey chalkboard. And it was actually, it was funny because it was actually a whiteboard. I don't know why they called it a chalkboard. <laughs> um, and I, I would put up hypotheticals or I would challenge guys to questions. I put up a random fact. And I, and I would do it almost on a daily basis. And the guys really appreciated it because it kind of stirred up some good conversation in the locker room. One day I put up there, I'll never forget this one, because this one lasted for a good week. The question was, would you rather have to survive a week in the rainforest or one night, 24 hours, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? And I was blown away by how many people would rather spend one night in the ocean Versus the rainforest. And because, like like what you just said, I'm fine with being in the wilderness. Yeah, you, there's spiders and cougars and all kinds of poisonous bugs and stuff that will probably get you. But at least you can see what's coming. You know the fear. You feel it, right? But the ocean just freaks me out because you just do not know what's below you. And those great white sharks, man, they come out of nowhere. So to answer your question, I'm always terrified of the ocean. So knowing there's a great white out there, absolutely, I'm not going in the water. Joey, in this hypothetical, though, are you treading water the entire time you're in the ocean? Because if so, I'm definitely choosing rainforest. Okay, so it's a fair question. We decided on at the time a life jacket. Okay, okay. so your legs, you, yeah. Oh, yeah, if it was like yeah. an inner like, tube. You'll never you, make it. Yeah, if you have an inner tube or something, yeah. Oh, first of all, yeah, you're not, you have some flotation device, but we didn't want to give it a full flotation device where no body part was uh, exposed in the water. So we decided it with the life vest. So you could float. But again, there, there's some dangling parts hanging below, and you don't know who's going to start bumping in you. Joey, something else happened on this show yesterday that was more horrific to me than any great white shark attack, and I want to play it for you, but this is something that Randy Carricker said on these airwaves yesterday. Hey, you watched last night's game, and the Blues are not repeating as Stanley Cup champions. <gasps> Joey, <gasps> please oh, talk some oh, sense oh, into Randy Carricker here. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Randy. Oh, my heart. My heart. You did not. <laughs> You, Michelle, you're you're pretty good at technology. You must have manipulated that somewhere. There's no way Randy would say that. Joe, it was hot take Thursday. Okay. Still. Still. Oof. 
Did you Ooh, hear my gasp at the end there, Joe? I couldn't believe it. It hurts. But you know what? In, in all fairness, if that's how he feels, I appreciate him saying how he feels. You know, because there's, there's a lot of times, a lot of radio shows, that local ones in different sports towns, Boston used to drive me crazy. If you didn't, if you didn't say the, the Bruins and the Red Sox and the Patriots were going to win every year, you just got, uh, I mean, absolutely attacked uh, from the media and the public, uh, the fans, of course. So I appreciate his opinion. And you know what? If I was a casual fan, Randy, and I didn't know much about hockey and I flipped on a Blues game, the other day, I'd probably say the exact same thing um, as well. So, you know, it, it is a fair statement. I did not think they looked all that good. But knowing what I know and knowing how that game and all the intangibles and the weird stuff going on up there and what these players have gone through, it was a game that they just needed to play. And it is a game they just needed to get through. And, uh, you know, it was one good look at the Blues bench with about a minute to go in the game and you just saw the reaction of these players. They just wanted to get the heck out of there, and they just want to start playing some meaningful hockey. And I have a good feeling that they're going to start doing that starting Sunday. So that, that was my question. Does it start on Sunday, or does it start on the first day of the playoffs that we start to see the Blues that we saw in last year's playoffs? Well, I, I definitely don't think it starts Sunday. I don't think we're going to see the same team that we saw in the Winnipeg Jets series of last year on this Sunday. And I think that's, that's fair to say. Because you know, I think players are still kind of testing the waters with this thing. You obviously want to go out there. You want to start figuring out um, the identity of blue brand hockey. You, you you know what it looks like. It's that aggressiveness. It's that the layer after layer of of punishing your opponent in corners and having support and getting out of the defensive zone quickly. Um, you know, chipping pucks to great areas and corners where you know you'll have four checkers to go. That's all what they want. They want to see tight gaps. They want to have support to the neutral zone. They want to have that center nice, low and slow underneath that winger so he's an outlet through the neutral zone with speed so they can go to the offensive zone. That's what all those little things that they look like. And on video, on a perfect game, you see it all over the ice. That's what you'd like to see slowly. I don't think it'll all be there on Sunday because this is a timing thing. It's going to take some reps. It's going to take some games to get there. Give you a good example. You watched the game the other night, Marco Scandella, Gaps up in the neutral zone on Patrick Kane, one of the best players in the world. He gets up there too tight. He gets blown blown by wide. Patrick Kane makes an incredible play, almost scores on a rush. And then the Chicago Blackhawks spend about a minute and a half in the offensive zone, which was probably their most pressure they've had all game. So, again, a simple thing of a gap control by a great defenseman, Marco Scandella, timing just a little off. That's going to take a couple of games to get back. I think we're going to see more of it on Sunday. And I think we're going to see even more of it. I think I believe it's on Thursday. And then more after that on our last round robin game. But the goal should be to slowly start working your way up there. So I don't think we need to go from zero to 100. But we got, I think the Blues message is going to be from Craig Brew. We've got to ratchet up here a little bit. So, Joey, are you concerned at all about seeding? I'm not. I'm not concerned at all, you know, because I was, you know, I was talking to Chris Kerr about this the other day. And we were kind of looking at how this thing is going to shake up. And I think that there is something very clear in the Western Conference. And what that is, is I think the most lopsided playing series is going to be the Edmonton-Chicago. I think the other three, it's kind of a toss-up at this point. And I think Edmonton-Chicago in some ways is a toss-up. But if I had to say, if you ask any of the experts out there, not that I'm calling myself an expert, but you would say what series is the best guarantee that one team's going to win? I think most would choose the Edmonton Chicago for many reasons. You know, it's in Edmonton. Uh, they feel comfortable there. They got two of the best players in the world. Uh, the only thing Chicago's really got that's going to save them is goaltending. And we still don't know what Cord Crawford's going to bring. So this is my point. 
if Edmonton is going to be kind of that sure lock, they're going to have the number five seed. Now, follow me here for a second. Uh, the number five seed will automatically play the four seed, no matter what. So I think what teams are looking at is if they fall to that four seed, you're going to have a really good chance of playing the Edmonton Oilers. Now, does that bode well for the Blues? I think so. They've handled Edmonton very well this year. And then you look at the other teams they could possibly play, Nashville, for example, who have not beaten yet, Arizona Coyotes, who they really struggle with. And I, I still get nervous with the Winnipeg Jets. So if you're looking for the St. Louis Blues, would it be the end of the world to fall to the fourth seed, have a terrible round robin, and face Edmonton in the first round? I don't know if it would be so bad, guys. And I think for those reasons, that I don't think seeding is as important as Blues just trying to slowly find their game. We're looking forward to it. How did you like doing the uh, broadcast from Centene? How did that work out for you? You know, we were great. You know, Curbs, you know, kind of took the run with it, and I just followed the lead. And, you know, one thing with him and I, it's just we're just we're having conversations, and whenever something dysfunctioned or we missed a play because of a camera, we just, you know how it is, guys. We just fill, we fill time with silliness and talking about the bubble and talking about whatever. And we kind of just kind of did our thing. And uh, it was very comfortable, very casual. Everyone at 101 did just the greatest job. I mean, I literally, I walked in this place, and I promise you one thing. Curbs and I have the greatest setup. I think radio slash TV across the league. I don't know a TV crew that has what we have. And if, you, if any people out there are going through Centene in the next two weeks, hopefully longer, peek your head in there. There's four 75-inch TVs. The lighting's incredible. Uh, the sound, our marble table. I mean, everything is just done so well and so awesome. So we had a wonderful time doing it. I thought the call was great. It was clean. It was crisp. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I really am, man. It should be great. We'll be tuned in. Joseph, it's always great to have you with us and to beware of those sharks. <laughs> hey, you, Randy and Michelle, good, good thing, too. Another thing, keep an eye on this, uh, National Avocado Day. Happy National Avocado Day. Ooh. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Dead. Will you be preparing anything with avocados in it on this Friday? Well, listen, I'm a millennial, and I make sourdough bread, so Ooh. put two and two together. Oh. I mean, the avocado toast, nothing says millennial like avocado toast. That's what I found. So I'm going to throw some fresh avocado. I got some great ones the other day. You can always tell a good, before I go, you can always tell a good avocado by obviously feeling it, touching it. You want to have a little bit of give. But one secret to a good avocado, remove the stem, guys. Remove the stem. So they all have a stem at top. Uh-huh. If, the stem, if the stem won't remove, it's underripe, right? If it removes and it's that really pretty green color, it's perfect. And if it removes easily and it's brown, the inside's brown. So there's a little tip for you. All right. Thank you very much. We learn something from Joey Vitale every single week. You're the man. Have a good weekend. It's always a pleasure. You too. Have a great weekend. See you later. That's Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN.